thank you all for coming out tonight. This is Real Sex Phoenix. Are you guys excited to talk about some sex tonight? I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. So uh, who here, who here is familiar with the uh, the HBO series Real Sex back in the day? Okay, so you guys are showing your age. That's good times. Good times. Well, that was a very, very uh, awesome show that came out on HBO. I know it was the first time that I saw a penis on stage, saw some titties on stage. We are adults here, guys, so we can say titty, we can say penis, we can say dick. Um, so uh, so it's, it's a fun night tonight, guys. I want you guys to relax. Um, my job today is to, is to give you guys permission to be vulnerable tonight, okay? This is a safe space to talk about sex. I have six wonderful people who are going to come up on the stage tonight, and they represent all dynamics of uh, sexuality and uh, people here in our in our local community here. So they have very dynamic backgrounds, very amazing histories, and they're going to share with you. We have some amazing topics uh, to talk about. There's going to be a time where we uh, get to talk to you guys, and we really want you to be open and honest. There's no there's no dumb questions. There's no no stupid questions. Uh, there's no wrong answers to anything tonight. Okay. If something is, is if something is on your mind, you want to talk about it. Let's talk about it because that's what tonight's all about. It's all about engaging in um, vi- uplifting conversation about sexuality. A uh, couple of questions for you guys. What is uh, what is the risk of stigma in our world? What happens when we have stigma in our world? Tell us, okay, awesome. Well, stigma, okay. So I mean, we we hear we hear about this all the time, where you have like these people who are anti-gay, right? They're anti-gay. They they make these laws about homosexuality, and then you, then you, they end up on Grinder, right? They get found out on Grinder. Well, I mean, it's it's funny to laugh about, but the reality is is that these people are suffering as well, and they are they're sticking they're staying in the closet, and they're living unbearable lives because of stigma. So tonight is all about breaking down labels, removing stigma, and really having deep conversations about what it means to be sexual and, 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 your, and to understand your sexual identity in 2019. All right? So you guys ready to meet you guys' panelists tonight? All right. Let's go ahead and meet our panelists. Our panelists tonight are some six wonderful people. I have. Let me make sure I get their names right. I got Miss Divine. Come on to the stage, Miss Divine. I got Devin. I got Brandy. William. Tuesday and Calvin. Come on up, guys. Come on up. Let's do it. Come on up. There you go. Get over there. You and take your seat right here. Uh, this is this is for Divine. There you go. Very good. We got some divas up here. They're like, I don't look good on this couch. Where is William? William Rand. We, we lost He's a panelist. A drink. Lost, no, he was getting a drink. He's coming up here now. <laughs> That's amazing. Typical William. Typical William. All right, well, we're gonna jump, we're gonna jump right into our our panel here. So what we're gonna do right here is we're gonna start uh, to the left over here. We're gonna give our panelists an opportunity to kind of introduce themselves. Very good too. So yeah, let's, let's turn our cell phones off, guys. Let me do that so we don't get any uh, phone calls while people are talking about their stuff. Yes. I'm in love with you. Thank you. Thank you. Give it up for Andrea, ladies and gentlemen. She's a local celebrity here as well. And so uh, she knows the deal. All right. Very good. Tuesday, um, go ahead. I do have my grinder alerts on loud, though. So I'm just going to just gonna leave it right there. Uh, my name is Tuesday. Uh, I am a third-generation Phoenician and second-generation Sun Devil. Woo-woo. Um, 
I identify as a gender fluid pansexual. Uh, my gender and sexuality tend to fluctuate somewhere in between six months and a year. Uh, it'll <laughs> change at any given time. Uh, I also identify as Jewish, a socialist Democrat, and a sufferer of general anxiety disorder uh, for all those other sufferers. Uh, my background is uh, I am a child of a high SES, two-parent, college-educated household. Uh, I actually never heard my parents raise a voice at one another, so that might give a different perspective for the panel. And I also have a movie review podcast called Whiskey and Popcorn. Give it up for Tuesday. Thank you, Tuesday. Brandy. Look at Zigzag. Let's go over here, Calvin. Let's get, I want to give a big special shout out to Calvin because we had our, our, our one panelist, Enzo, who uh, didn't come and he came last minute. So I want to give a special big thank you to Calvin right here. So, uh, Name is Calvin with a C, not a K. Um, I am the third oldest of 12 children. I am a, I guess, white, straight male who has lived in Phoenix for five years now. Um, I work at a bank, um, <laughs> you know, kind of like atypical, like white dude, straight guy, I guess. I don't know. The control. Uh, thank you, Calvin. Thank you, Calvin. <laughs> All right, Brandy. Oh, it's me now. Hi, Brandy. I, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm rounding up to 38, almost 38. Um, I, <laughs> I am female. I identify as, uh, uh, she, her, they, them, um, um, I am pansexual, and I discovered this pretty recently, like in the past couple of years. I was very confused by my sexuality probably my whole life, just oblivious to the fact that I was always attracted to women, but just didn't realize it. Um, so it's been nice to discover that, but also really hard to date women, uh, because like, where are you? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I keep dating men, but I don't want to. Um, <laughs> Seriously, God. Get it together on your profiles, too, women. Jesus, fuck. Uh, anyway, so sorry. <laughs> I, uh, it's all, I'm also sober. Uh, four years tomorrow, actually. Holy Give it up. Shit. Sobriety, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up. Yeah. It's also, amazing. really hard to date. <laughs> sober. <laughs> so I'm really winning at life over here. And that's, that's about it. I'm in love with you. Thank you so much. We got William here. Your mic should be under you. He didn't even notice. My name is William, and I'm a mess. Um, I'm 28, uh, cisgender, um, gay, always been gay. I told my mom I was gay by demanding a C-section. Um, and... Oh, you're a diva because of that. I don't know what else to say. Gold star. Oh. I also, I have a dog. He has three legs. I'm obsessed with him. Three-legged rocket on Instagram. Be sure to follow him. That's the only thing that matters in life is my, my dog and myself. All right. Thank you, William. We got Devin. Hello. My name's Devin. I'm 25. Um, I'm not an alcoholic. Um, I am a gay black man. I am a multidisciplinary artist and a native Phoenician, and I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much. Ms. Devine. Hello. 
I'm divine. I am some years old. And <laughs> so I identify as just gay. Like, I was born gay. I am gay. And that's it. So, and I guess the pronouns, when I'm beat to the gods, like right now. Yeah. You know, hey, girl, she, her. Hey, bitch. And yes, queen. <laughs> and, um, you know, so catch me on YouTube. Uh, Sip and Shade. Thank you. It's a great channel she just started, too. So, love it. And once again, I'm Special K, a.k.a. Kelvin Harper. And I am a cis uh, gay male. All right? So, um, I've always been gay. And uh, I like uh, I like boys. Taja Call says that very, very well. All right. Men. Men. Over... men that are of age, right? Oh, yes. Men. men. Sorry. Men. Men. Thank you, Brandy, for that clarification. Oh, All right. <laughs> Moving right along, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so we're going to jump right into it, guys. We're going to talk about sexual uh, gender and identity. So we kind of uh, all discussed who we are, but let's kind of get right into it. Um, Let's talk about gender in itself. How many genders are there? Let's talk about gender. Who wants to take that on? Well, I mean, I think there's an infinite amount of genders. However you want to define your gender is how you are defined, you know? And I think about um, how... uh, people will not um, change pronouns for other people or they think it's dumb calling someone them instead of he or or she or like whatever. But people change their names all the fucking time. Especially women change their last names when they get married. And nobody has a problem with calling women like by a different last name, but you you just do it. You do it because that's what they're called. So call someone by the gender that they want to be called. However they define themselves. So what about, so there's much, there's been debate about this and how I've seen um, people speak on, you know, there's only two genders when you're born and there's some anomalies, uh, which is intersex. Um, What would you guys say to those people that say that there's only two genders? That the binary is very limiting and that there are people that exist outside of that who need space. You know, I... um, personally identify as a man, but I consider myself pretty fluid in my expression. I've done drag a few times, but there, there's something to be said about existing outside of a box that's either or. Wonderful. I mean, I feel like that's a little bit, uh, I don't know, I, a little bit confusing because like when it comes to intersex, which is such a small Percent. minority, I feel like wanting to classify them as a different gender is almost offensive to them because most people in life, all you want to do is fit in. And if you were born intersex, but you have, you're more mostly female and you want to say, no, you're not a female, you're intersex. I feel like that's in a way putting them down. I always wonder now, uh, how we put them in the LGBTQIA plus category. And like, do intersex people even want to be part of that? Because we're basically telling them you're not normal. And then I think of myself growing up, like I've always been um, attracted to like girlier things. I, I played with, you know, Legos and GI Joes, but I also like to play with Barbies and I, uh, I've worn girl clothes. I've worn board clothes, but I don't ever feel like I was, becoming a different gender. I was just a guy that wanted to put on some girl pants because my butt looked good. Like it wasn't, I wasn't a new gender. I was a man wearing girl pants. And I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think we have to create something new. I think, uh, you know, transgender is a whole nother thing. 
Um, and what I think the disconnect is with being transgender is people never want to talk about the uh, transgender is, itself isn't uh, a diagnosis. Gender dysphoria is the mental diagnosis. And people don't ever talk about gender dysphoria, which is why I think people are so discriminatory against transgender is because they don't ever talk about the actual mental diagnosis behind it. Tra being a transgender is a it's a treatment for gender dysphoria and nobody talks about that. Um, but as far as like being like non-binary and I mean, I guess in a way you could say I'm non-binary, but I never felt like I was, I was just like a guy and I like what I like. Well, and can we, we be very careful about terminology when we're talking about this because sex and gender are extremely different concepts. Sex is very much biological. And even within the concept of sex, like we were talking about, there is vast differences where women are born with testes, vice versa. There is a lot of biological inconsistencies within that. And gender is nothing but a learned social norm that we have under our culture. That doesn't matter if that's European culture, Australian culture, US culture, but that is a learned concept where we grow up and our dad throws a Barbie at our at his son and says, you will never play with this doll. That is a learned concept and sex is not a learned concept. That is biological. So we can't talk about people who identify as two genders or talk about someone who identifies as two sexes because those are two very different concepts. So is that gender or gender norm, like gender roles? Gender roles are learned or actual All, gender? The, the entire concept of gender is only socially learned as a norm or a more of what we learn as a culture. Sex is biological. So if people were doing it legit, sorry heteros, you'd be doing a sex reveal party because you haven't asked that child what they identify as. Right. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. All right, All right, so speaking about speaking about, you know, uh, defining who you are and and the and the sex reveals parties for kids, when is it an appropriate time to discover their gender? You know, uh, Mario Lopez in the, is in the news right now for saying that. <laughs> so, well, it's, we can, hey, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Mario Lopez is in the news right now for saying that um, parents shouldn't, um, what, did, what exactly did he say? He said parents shouldn't be encouraging uh, kids to define their gender so young. Like, what are your thoughts about that? I've studied, I've, I've reviewed studies where children so young that they don't identify as a gender yet have wanted to cut off parts of their body. So I'm gonna say whenever that onsets, it's probably time for a therapist and to start supporting them and whatever they're going to do. Um, and to even, to even think about that, they don't understand it, but they start at a very young age, usually in a bathtub, bathroom situation saying, mommy, I'm wrong. Like that's a real thing that we have to talk about and it's backed in scientific studies where they don't even understand yet and it's not even things where like the parents start to see like oh our son really likes pink like that's you know like not even like telltale signs that they say but i mean children that yeah, very very early don't even have a concept of social gender and find themselves wrong so hearing from somebody else, what what uh, what does that conversation look like for a parent who is uh, coming face to face with that? There's a child in the bathroom saying, "Mommy, I'm wrong." Like, how do how do we have that conversation? And we can hear from you again Tuesday if you need to. But I'd like to hear from somebody else. 
Okay, sure. Let's let's jump right into it. Okay, so I was at a um, New Year's party. John was at with me, and there was a transgendered woman, and uh, I heard her over speaking that if um, if a child starts to do anything, you shouldn't like really just don't interfere, don't like say like oh this is wrong by any means, you know, like just kind of let them like live and let do it. Yeah, like like it like you can like even encourage them a little, but just don't like impose on them. I agree with that. Like, why that's put awesome. stress on them? Yeah, I think that's wonderful. Give it up. What's your name, my friend? Karen. Give it up for Karen, ladies and gentlemen. Very bold. Very bold. I love it. Awesome. Wonderful. So encourage our kids to be, be themselves. I think that's fantastic. So we touched base on pronouns. We touched base on appropriate age. Um, let's talk about the Kinsey scale. So something the Kinsey scale is something that was brought up, um, and that is the uh, – who wants to take the lead on that? Let's go ahead and do that. Well, supposedly – According to science, the Kinsey scale reflects uh, several stages that sexuality can be expressed at. And, you know, there's extremes where someone is a homosexual and then the other extreme being someone that is a heterosexual. But in between those two extremes are many different levels and many different configurations wherein people might find attraction towards the same sex or uh, maybe only find attraction towards the same sex in certain configurations or situations. And I... I'm, I'm the one that brought this question up. Like, I, as a gay man, wonder, like, do straight people also find themselves attracted to something <laughs> supposedly that is wrong by way of our society and our culture? When you, when you say At by times, wrong, what do you yes. mean by wrong? I mean, <laughs> wrong well, let's, hear, let's hear from our, let's hear, let's hear from Calvin on that. So in terms of, like, the Kinsey sale, and that's something that's fascinated me, uh, I've always thought and it I think it speaks even to the previous like topic in terms of the fluidity of what we define ourselves as in a cultural state because there is a certain type of objectification that comes with what we not just see ourselves as but then what we want others to perceive us as in that state and so I think that both Internally and externally, you will project a certain personality of what you want to be perceived as by people, but then also at the same time, like it, that's something that every individual might wrestle with. So, have you ever had a, a sexual fantasy about the same sex? It's, it's called real sex. This is called real sex, people. And listen, guys, it's, it's, it's a safe space to so be vulnerable. I, would, I wouldn't say a sexual fantasy, no. A, a sexual curiosity, absolutely. Like in my, so I'm 31, when I was 22, I was uh, like growing up, I was in like a Christian home, like went to church, volunteered at church, all that. But one of my best friends, uh, his name is Jared Holmes, lives in Michigan, that's where I'm from, uh, was gay. And I was just like, I don't understand like how for the majority of my life, I was told that this was like sinful and hateful and you're going to hell and you're a terrible person and all the cliches of hate, essentially. Um, and so for me, I was like, I, all I see is a person. And so how do I know for myself like that I define myself as straight or is that just something that I was told growing up? So like when I was 22, I actually went on a few dates with men to pique that curiosity of like, hey is this something that I'm willing to explore? And I will say, as a young 22-year man exploring it, you attract a certain level of older gentlemen. Um, 
Ain't that the truth, honey? <laughs> I can buy you things, put you in an apartment, blah, 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 blah. Like, you're very handsome. Um, but through that, not once was there, like, an inkling of, like, oh, this excites me, other than yeah. outside of recognizing that I do like attention. Like, the attention is nice, but, like, the sexual draw was not there. And so in terms of, like, my gender and how I would draw to that, I, I'd, it was more of a... Thank you, but I'm not interested. Can we give it up for uh, sexual like exploration? That's absolutely amazing. William, you got something so, to say? With this whole scale thing, this is the first time I've heard this term, but uh, does this apply to mostly cis straight men? Because I feel like a girl can go to the club and make out with a girl and it's nothing. There's still a straight woman. But it, every time like there's a gay guy that does, or a straight guy, I'm sorry, that does anything remotely gay it's like oh he's gay like i've i mean <laughs> i've been with plenty of straight men and uh if if they do anything with me it's like oh well they're gay they're not straight i'm like okay like like people won't even let them be bi they have to be gay but like women can i mean a woman can like marry a woman and then divorce them and marry a guy and they're considered straight but i feel i feel like this whole scale thing also mostly bullshit. applies to men uh -huh. straight men I mean, so like, as a gay man, um, I have only had sex with men, but uh, in more recent years, I've sort of sort of started getting into kink. It's not something that I'm like very active in, but in What's the limited kink? experiences that I have had, um, they were bondage related, and every single time it was a woman dominating me. And that, like, I can say as a gay man, that kind of applies to me, and that like, while I won't have penetrative or like mostly contact sex with women if it's in that context i'm totally comfortable totally turned on totally okay with being the sub and yes kinsey was i believe 50s or 60s so um that was very much like and it's not as extreme as you guys think it so like kinsey um a six on the scale is like extreme hetero masculinity but you worked out the YMCA and you checked out the guy next to you when he was naked. <laughs> Tick. Um, you know, like, oh, you saw this porn bag behind the guy at the gas station and you were like, he's got a nice dick. Tick. I mean, like, it's very, like, it's much more fluid than you think it is. But yes, very 50s, 60s. I still truly believe in the Kinsey scale, but that's because I think we're so much more in the gray concept of it. <laughs> Uh, but yes, very like 50s, 60s. So it was very lesbian, like straight, gay, back and forth. What's interesting is that, um, I, it, go ahead, yes. I believe you're talking about the bisexual option, which is the yeah. published book of the research. Yeah. So the scale is two parts. One is your emotional scale. The other is your sexual scale. And it's your, um, and it's in related to gender, because um, at that time it was still very binary. So on the emotional scale, you might have more resonance with a, a man or a woman. And on the sexual scale, you might have more resonance with a man or a woman. And it, it is independent of your own gender. We all have our own place on those scales, right? Uh, and then I think the other thing to unpack in what you're talking about, and sometimes it's okay for women and it's not okay for men, uh, that has to go with deep ingrained ideas about what's okay for men and what's okay for women. So uh, uh, thank you so much. What's your name, hon? Give it up for Rachel, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. All right. So one of the I'll, I'll kind of just 
add for myself and be vulnerable here is that like, I, you know, and, and Brandy, you kind of touched base on this is that as you get older, uh, you just kind of recently became pansexual. Um, you know, I'm 37 years old and I, I've never been with a woman in my life, but ever, ever, ever. But, um, but the thing okay. about it is, is that as I've gotten older, I don't know, it's, it's kind of interesting. I'm like, you know, we're going to talk about porn a little bit later here, but uh, I watch straight porn. And I and I love watching straight porn, and um, and sometimes I, <laughs> I, I well, but the thing about it is that I, I have I it's it's kind of switched now towards like I kind of like what's happening to the woman, and I kind of want to do that myself. The so dicks you know, we'll, we'll are touch. better in the straight porn. Hello, <laughs> that's true. That's they true. totally are. I've noticed that recently. I've talked about that. They're way bigger. Wait, well, it's because the stuff they inject in them. But very good discussion, guys. Very good discussion. All right, so let's let's go. Let's cut, let's let's get this kind of moving on. Let's move into sexual experiences, guys. So let's jump right into masturbation. Speaking of masturbation, who masturbates here? Raise a hand. Who masturbates? Everybody's got to raise their damn hand now. Come on. Not everybody. Not everybody. Very good. Very good. That's true. I mean, as you know, I never masturbated like until I was like thirty-five. What? Uh, like a couple of years ago, yeah. I one one night I fell asleep with a vibrator in my vagina because I was bored. That's real. Um, because Talk I didn't know how guys. to like pleasure myself at all, and I never really tried. I was just like whatever. So, so why? So why do you feel like so? So it looks like we're getting a. Uh... <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> She's real, baby. <laughs> <You> know... <laughs> So, so it seems like there seems to be, a, you know, a difference. So, why, why would someone not masturbate? Like, um, you know, what, what, what kept you from masturbating? I just thought, like, I didn't, I had, I thought I couldn't orgasm. Okay. Yeah. Did anybody ever not masturbate because they thought that it was wrong or it was like sinful? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, I guess that's my turn to talk. Uh, yeah i mean absolutely like it, it's in terms of like conservative culture it's definitely something that is like exploring your own sexuality is something to be well i guess yeah ashamed of but also like this sinful thing yeah. like in a religious sense in different cultures or even different religions it's something that is very predominantly a weight of i would say in my case, a way of control. At least that's how I've learned, come to look at it. Control like, and not masturbating, like no, in, in terms of like controlling like the desires of a young, curious individual. So like this is something I think that like the majority of people feel and want to do and understand their own bodies and like what's happening because your body goes through a change. Like it really does. Like it's puberty. Everybody has gone through puberty at some point. But it is something that you are unaware of, and I mean, like tonight, it, it's not something that is commonly spoken about in an open forum where it's sure. like, "Hey, so this thing happened to my stuff, and uh, what the fuck is that supposed to mean?" So, uh, and I would say that guilt and saying like you shouldn't do that and you shouldn't feel those things is, was definitely part of like at least my upbringing. Uh, which I would say I proudly riled against, um, but uh, no, it's it's something that I think a lot of people definitely deal with. Sure. Divine, what are your thoughts on masturbation? Um, well, I used to do it a lot when I was younger. Um, 
And as an average adult, I would do it, you know, here and there when I didn't want to have to chain a guy. Because sometimes it's like, should I just take care of myself and eat a sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) Or get all cute and clean out for a guy and it's then he's gonna come over for 10 minutes and it's like you know what the sandwich is more satisfying right now (laughs) but to be honest i don't do it at all now um the only time i have an orgasm is if i have a wet dream and it's too far in between i'll tell you why because I had surgery, my back surgery, so I had complications. I have, I suffer from like neuropathy. So I'm actually numb from the waist down in a lot of areas. Um, so that actually like took away the feeling of an erection and trying to have an orgasm or masturbating. So I guess because I ball it all in now because I have no relief, even when I am sexually active, like I just don't you know, have an orgasm. So, you know, I find myself waking up sometimes, like my body's like pretty much reject, like ejecting my itself. And it feels good at that moment, but it's only very minimal, like 30 second relief. And it's like, okay, I woke up to that. <laughs> and maybe I might grind a bit a little bit when I feel it. Cause it wakes me up. I'm, I mean, if I have to give it up, I'm my bed is taking it, okay? I love this so much. So, I love pillows, this so much. Those pillows. <laughs> right. And I have a very great bed, okay? Um, yeah, you do. What's his name, honey? <laughs> it's the her. Okay. <laughs> and her name is Brooklyn. Hello. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I don't, I'm, I, I actually miss it because sometimes it's like, God, I just want to like get that out. Like just, you know, feel that again. And I even tried Viagra and yeah, I was able to have a, an erection, but I wasn't able to feel stimulated. So that's the thing. And as a bottom, I mean, if you guys know bottom, whatever, um, <laughs> It wasn't so bad because, you know, I'm not the one giving it to a guy anyways. But just, you know, as time went on, you start feeling like, okay, dang, like, I miss certain things of my sexual experience because I can't do certain things anymore. But I still manage. I still have a good sex life. Hello. You know, so yeah. (laughs) We know. That's amazing. Well, thank you. That's huge. Go ahead. Yes. Um, well, first of all, I don't masturbate. I make love to myself, but, uh, honeymoons, honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. Hello. It's my wedding night. Uh, I, I don't know. The whole, the whole, uh, masturbating is such a gro- the whole making love to myself. Uh, actually when I first like heard of that term, obviously years ago, uh, I didn't know how to do it. So I would just like, kind of like literally like fondle myself and i thought as i was getting hard that i was doing something wrong like i literally i didn't know you were supposed to anyways um i never felt any guilt even though like i did get caught a couple times by my sister hello but i never felt any guilt about it until i uh was in a relationship for a couple years and um i am a uh I'm a sexual being and for some reason in this specific relationship, I found myself not really uh, wanting to have sex and actually uh, 
um, kind of embarrassing because I'm 28, but I got prescribed Viagra myself because I uh, was not, I wasn't wanting to. And actually even that didn't do anything for me. Um, and I, I never felt guilty about making love to myself until I was in a relationship at, uh, 26, 27, 28 years old. Um, and I basically felt, I felt like I was doing something wrong because I was with this person who was complaining about, um, the lack of sex, but then I would like literally in, in secret, which you shouldn't have to jerk off in, in secret by yourself at, at 27, 28, whatever. So I never feel guilty about it until, until I was in that relationship. Can I ask you, when you say you mentioned Viagra, so can I ask why you were prescribed Viagra? Uh, it's getting real. It's, that's a, a long... Well, I, the reason why I asked uh, is because for me, I, I asked my doctor because of the situation I was going through with my numbness. I said, what can I do? Is it going to come back? And he's like, well, I can give you this. I tried it one time. You know, I experimented to see if that would help me with the stimulation and did it. So I knew that, well, I'm not going to keep taking these because I don't need it. If I can't feel then I don't need it. So that's why I was asking, like, why were you taking it? So uh, for me, uh, it's not to go in too much backstory, but I have always viewed uh, sex in uh, a relatively non-healthy way. Um, and I would say that stems from being a, uh, child and being forced to do things that I didn't want to do. Um, and then being in relationships where there was a lot of, um, not being loyal and, uh, basically a, a lot of toxic things in my life. And then I got into a relationship that was, um, super healthy. So, you know, of course I self-sabotaged it. Um, and, uh, I just didn't want to have sex with this person. And I think I was viewing sex as a not so great thing because every time I've had sex, it was to fill a void or I, it wasn't my choice. So I got prescribed, uh, Viagra actually by my psychiatric practitioner. So was it because oh. you weren't uh, aroused by the person that you were gonna have sex with um not i basically just i didn't want to have sex with them like i just did not want to and i tried blaming it on uh i'm tired which i think is a lot of people who don't want to go to or work is stressing me out or i try to come up with all these excuses but at the end of the day, i just i just didn't want so I, I don't know. I'm just asking, like, um, what was your purpose for taking it, though? Like, what, how was it helping you to... I, I think what he's trying to say is that you couldn't get it up. Well, so... Right? Like, you had what, to use this to get it up. What my practitioner said is... So, yeah, it pumps blood to you, and it makes you have an erection. Um, and what my practitioner said is it's not necessarily going to, like, help you up here, but what it's going to do is it's going to flow the blood down here it's going to give you an erection and you're mentally going to want to or need to do something about it so it, even though it's not so much up here it was supposed to help down here and therefore make me want to but to help clear the mental block yeah no exactly yes sure
The block you're dealing with. I, so how, how many uh, so if, of the men here, because we, we have this on our, our question, are, are there are men taking supplements right now to to help with that? Like, Is there anybody in the audience that's taking supplements to help with that? Anybody? It's all right. Okay. Multivitamin? All right. No worries. I mean, well, let's talk about some. Let's, let's move on to the next topic, guys. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about female anal sex. Let's jump right into it. It's getting real. <laughs> literally, literally. Let's talk about female. Devin had to leave right now. He's got to bathroom. Uh, female anal sex. All right. We talked a lot about the male penis and stuff like that. Uh, let's talk about female anal sex. Uh, who wants to take this on? <laughs> I always have poop in there, so I'm not Hold about it. Um, we don't have, I, I was not birthed with a, with a prostate. Um, I have no particular nerve endings that would arouse me in any way. Uh, for the most part, I swear I'm a Pisces. I'm not a scientific person at all, but scientifically we don't actually have anything except when you get excited from arousing a man during it, that would make you aroused whatsoever. So, like, kudos to chicks who can or feel like they can get off by having anal sex. Sure. I just, it's not about it. It's not your bag. Not your bag. Do you have, if you, so you're pansexual, you've been in relationships with men. Have you ever had a man say, hey, I want to do this with you? And, like, did you, like, what happens when that happens? I go, that, that's cute. <laughs> well, I'm cute. like, I'll try anything once. Yeah. Have um, you tried anal sex? Yeah. Uh, you know the guy I dated. He was like... <laughs> We've known each other for a long time. Uh, Very he long was time. like, "Well, this is this is what I like, and if you don't like it, we're we, we're not going to date." And I was like, "Well, I'll try it." Yeah, yeah. And I just I didn't like it. Wow, Calvin. <laughs> yes, please go ahead. <laughs> yes, I we 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 don't we don't actually. You do, but I want you to have it. Hi, I'm Micah. Hi, Micah. Hi, Micah. All right, so anal is actually one of my most favorite things. So well, let's hear from you, girl. Probably. Let's hear from Micah. Get on stage, Micah. Come on, because that's that's what I want. I want to hear the real. This is real sex, baby. Yeah, this is a good. Have a seat. You can sit on this. You're good. Tell us about anal sex. All right, so um, my um, this is actually a really interesting story and it's slightly triggering. So um, I'm gonna share. Uh, one of my first experiences, well, my first experience with anal was actually in a form of rape. Um, so I think that some of my actual enjoyment stems from me kind of taking back the experience in a way. I have like this weird, interesting way of like psychologically taking things that have happened to me that are traumatic and trying to use them and steer myself in a direction that's more positive. So in terms of like anal being enjoying, I have found all kinds of awesome toys that are 
pleasant to experience in many different ways. So there's like really great vibrators, um, lubes and things like that or whatever. Yes, ma'am. And um, you can get really like funky and fun and cute with it. And they have like really great, uh, I don't know, like tails and stuff like that. It's more of like a furry thing, I think, too. But like I enjoy stuff like that as well. And I think that like stimulating both the clit while having anal sex is probably like one of my more favorite things to do after having a couple of shots of tequila, which is <laughs> kind of sort of. <laughs> It's a well-known thing, like, people who know me, including, like, my, like, all my partners and stuff like that, and Polly, um, they, it's kind of like an inside joke between all of us, like, well, once Micah has, like, a couple of shots of tequila, we know, like, what's possible this evening? Anal sex is happening. Right. <laughs> right. And so, is of, it a... Would you say it's a it, would you say it's a physical uh, pleasure that you feel, or is it yeah, kind of like a mental, I, or is it both? I think because of some of I, I'm not really exactly sure why I have a higher pain tolerance, but something about that addition is extremely pleasurable for me. Okay, so let me ask you one more follow up question. All right, because you're sure. I want to thank you for for talking about I'm, female I'm anal sex. Um, how do you prepare for that, and are you prepared for that when it happens? Does that make sense? I'm a really shitty anal taker and I'm like, do it do it now. And so most of the time it actually doesn't even involve lube. Um, so we uh, we try to keep like coconut oil or something like on by, but I'm like, spit on it, let's go. Girlfriend. <laughs> Girl- <laughs> Hold on, let me let me get down here. Baby, it doesn't involve lube. I mean Girlfriend. Spit but, does work. It's not always the best thing to use. Now, are you clean? Are you cleaning yourself out before this, or like how are you preparing that way? That's what I'm asking. Because the gays, we all know, we gotta. Yeah, we fiber. We gotta prep. Prep means so like you I gotta. I have never done any form of cleaning out. Like I, I have pretty regular bowel movements. I guess. Girlfriend. So, I want your then, intestines. But we don't. We don't do the mixture thing where you know we don't do the whole like ass to mouth thing or you know what I mean. I'm very <laughs> particular. I'm. I get UTIs. You know very easily. Like I'm on one right now. I just had to take my freaking antibiotic. You know. So you can't go from ass to vagina. Like there needs to be cleaning. I love this. So sometimes there's a little bit of like, hey, go do that real quick, please. Thanks. Okay, bye. Like, Give it up for Michael, ladies and gentlemen. You're amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> That was an amazing share. Yes. Well, let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about it. I'm a pro. So it's no, baby. Uh-uh. No, that's not no, no baby. No, uh-uh. no, no, no. They do it. They do baby baby they wipes. Do they got it. nothing on what we what we got to go through. Who wants to take this on? Wait. Do you guys need a, a demonstration? No. <laughs> uh, there is a bathroom. We did stretch in the bathroom. So, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and take this one on. So in my bathroom, in my bathroom, in my husband and I's bathroom, uh, in our shower, we have a, a douche, uh, a douche, uh, uh, what's it called? Douche, a hose. We have a hose. And so it's hooked up to the share shower. this hose? No, I'm the bottom, baby. Come on. No. <laughs> okay. But we could. We could. That's my husband. Okay. I got everything. But anyway, we have a hose. We have a hose. And so I, if I'm in the shower, I will uh, put water in my ass and I'll go to the toilet, shit it out, and I'll do it again. And then I'll do it uh, in the, until it comes out clear and we're ready to go. So that way we can actually have sex all night and not have to worry about any smells or anything bad or anything or any any caca. Any roadblocks. On the penis, like you like to say. Chili so. dogs. Now, there's also, listen, this is called real sex, guys. This is a vulnerable space, vulnerable space. Um, I like to call it painting a Picasso. 
I'm serious. That's what we call it. Painting a Picasso? Impressions. Oh. <laughs> Never more than any temperature. That was from Miss Carnita. Carnita has some thoughts on this. That is Carnita. Carnita has some thoughts on this because I actually got some tips from Carnita one time. Uh, just a tip? She No, she, <laughs> not just a, she told me that I was doing it wrong. Carnita, how, how, what's the temperature of the water supposed to be? I don't know. Oh, wow. Lukewarm. That's what, that's what she said. Lukewarm. So, uh, yes, the, the guys who clean ourselves out. There's also preventative measures where you can take, um, uh, you can take uh, what's it called? Um, it's a pill or some kind pills of. Pills or something like that, yeah. Yeah. It's like a fiber type yes. thing. Yeah. You take a day and then it kind of regulates you. So that way you're not with the mushies. <laughs> Taco yeah. Bell will Solid. regulate you as well. Okay, as someone who lives with two cis male gay men, we have two hoses in both showers, um, two bidets, and yesterday I had some juice in the fridge and my roommate said, sorry, that has the fiber tablets in it. Hello. <laughs> Wait, fiber. I'm, I'm a little... Yeah, I have a question right here. Question, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to move right along. <laughs> One more question, yes. You can't you don't. do that. You cannot do that. You risk it. I risk it. You do not risk it. Or you shower after. Or you shower after. There's been several well, times where my so. husband and I have done the deed, un, you know, not clean, and we just go shower after. Or different. I'm clean. Or it's very clean. Sometimes it comes out clean. If you're in a relationship, though, I think you have that understanding. Right. Like, you're going in a butt. Like, right. you, know, you, you know what's going to happen. But when you're single, when you're single, there, it's not as understanding. And all of my singleness has either been, um, my whole bed is white. I don't know why. It's horrible. And hotels, which hotels love white bedding. And um, it's not white when it comes out. So uh, I don't know. But I, I like the disposable enemas. That's, that's my game. this is where the sandwich comes in. Like, <laughs> You'd rather have the sandwich, right? No, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Either don't eat it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I, I eat what do you the say? sandwich while doing the enema. I was saying, don't eat all day to bottom cleanly or right. have the sandwich. Right. Okay, exactly. see, look, let me say this because my expectations, well, the expectations of a guy for me is when, like, they want me to, like, be all ready and cute and glamorous and all that. I'm like, uh. so that's why I'm like, okay. And then, like, I'm doing all this for a guy and for why? He's just going to come over and get his and to satisfy himself. It's a lot of work. I gotta do my makeup, my hair, clean out, and all that stuff. It's like, no, I can't. So yeah. that's why sometimes it's like, mm, sandwich. I'm gonna make me a sandwich. I love it. Oh well, you know what we do? We have a you have a portable yeah, douche. Travel, yeah, a little you bowl. Summer it's like what you use for Summer boogers Eve. for babies. Yes, I, I, bring a, douche. I still bring a disposable, and I just empty it out first and fill it up with my own water and a yeah. The disposable, I don't, away. for me, like, I don't know, maybe I got a big ass, but I, I got to get up in there and get the shit out, so, well. And ladies, down. that's the only reason that Summer's Eve should still exist, because you have a self-cleaning oven. <laughs> don't fuck with that shit. Yeah, okay. All right, guys, let's let's, let's jump right into dick size, all right? Ooh, uh, Does size really matter? Yep. Does size really matter? Always. Yes. Who here is a size queen? Where, where are my size queens at? Raise your hand. Size queens. I'm the only size queen. Okay, whatever. Cool. Oh, here we yes. go. Here we go. 
Size queens, right? So does size really matter? Yeah. Why do you always look at me? Because you. Because <laughs> I want to know. Well, baby. okay. So I have a skewed view, I think, because I used to uh, just have drunken sex, and like that's all the sex I would have. I've never really been in relationships that lasted very long. So I would just get super drunk, have sex with anyone that would pay attention to me, um, and. And that's why I didn't know how to pleasure myself either. Like I, they, you know, these are guys that won't go down on you or just, just, you know, it's not, they're not great experiences, but, uh, size does matter in those cases because you're not really like warmed up, you know, you're not gonna, like if someone's going to go down on me for a while and then they have, you know, an average to small penis and there's a chance that, uh, you know, I'm still going to come in some way, but I don't know. Yeah. So it depends. Interesting. All right, Devin, size. Oh, gosh. I relate to you and having a big ass. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just very <laughs> tall, even though it's quite small, yeah. um, literally. Uh, I find that for me, like less than six inches or six inches around isn't like getting my spot. And men do I'm have a you. spot, men have a prostate. Yep. For me, like it's deep in, in there. there. Yeah. You got to yeah. go. It's like yeah. submarining, literally. Yeah. But. Uh, it's past the second hole. There's, there's a second hole. Second guys. hole, second sphincter. Men have a second bing, hole. Bing, bing, they have a second sphincter. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's a second sphincter that if you I did not know this. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, baby, that's where the G spot is. That's where the G spot is for men, for sure. When you get past that second hole, you're doing the most. Like when you're wiping. You can get real there with a the fist or, too. Say that again. Like when you're wiping real good. Or no, no, baby, this is no, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. William, size. Size. Um, I think that's an interesting topic because uh, being single now, I've noticed that um, for some reason, every guy thinks they're hung, which, I mean, six inches, you're, no. you're not hung. Yeah. But, well, uh, but I think with size, it, it's not the size that matters per se. Of course, I'm a very oral person, so it really does matter like how it feels in my mouth. But... Uh, there's a there it's not the size but there's a certain there's a certain type of confidence that goes with certain people and guys that are smaller uh a lot of times don't have the most confidence but there's guys that really like are like that have the confidence of a and i'm totally like i i, I can fuck with that but like i've been with like my uh one of my relationships, they always talked about having a small penis and it wasn't even, it really wasn't small. It was like average, but they always talked about it in such a negative way that it is like such a turnoff. Um, but I don't think it's this, I know people say like, it's not, it's how you use it. And I think that is, uh, a lot to do with it. I think, I think it, it's really all about the confidence and honestly, what doesn't get enough, uh, I think recognition is, uh, I would prefer an uncircumcised penis over a big penis because it feels like it, it's 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 like it's like Mother Nature poppers. <laughs> <laughs> well, something I want to I want to just really touch base on and just make sure that we are um, being being conscious of is that you know six six inches or, or whatever that those are average size penises and, and no one should feel inadequate it's a good average um, that's and, not and even good a, average, average is and way I, below that technically yeah but, fine, like yeah, yeah yeah but but the biggest thing and i think you touched base on it is that confidence is everything and it's and it's if, if you go into a situation and you're like oh man i have a small penis and it's like 
a lot of times people aren't really even thinking about that. They're not really, I mean, yes, size queens are. I mean, yes, we are. I, I'm there. But, um, but for the most part, people aren't thinking about that and they just want to, they just want to connect with you. And so when someone goes in saying, I have a small penis, well, now it's about your small penis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Question in the crowd. Let's talk about it. Well, since I always thought like I couldn't have orgasms, I just would tell people I have a huge vagina. And then I <laughs> just couldn't feel anything down there. But I figured it out. So I don't know if it's um I thought about asking my doctor, you know, but I you know what size diva cup I use, so I guess that's like what I can gauge it off of. I don't know. Tuesday. Uh I would be the opposite. Um I've actually been told by my OBGYN that I have an extremely small vagina and they still use like the little sad teenager duck lips on me um, at appointments. The girls know what I'm talking about. Um, and the fact that... Um, well, the boys don't. <laughs> the, and the fact that um, what is I might that? actually not even be able to have a vaginal delivery uh, because I'm actually very small. So for a lot of my teenage years, I thought I was broken because it hurt a lot, like the first few minutes until I, you know, either there was enough lube or there was whatever. Um, but yes, I'm actually very undersized. Does it still hurt? Yes. For, they, for the women in the audience, is that kind of true to you? Do you guys have different size vaginas or have you guys experienced that? What do you mean by that? What does that mean? Angles. Like a curved penis. Oh, yes, we got some questions here. Yes, yes unicorn vaginas. Hail. Of the vagina? Yeah. You don't want a gaping vagina. I mean, have you don't experienced a gaping vagina? Or do you? Or do you? Get him. No, but is, is, have you ever noticed, like, Tightness or looseness of a vagina, is that really even yes. a thing? Yeah? Yeah. A according to my trick, I'm much tighter than his girlfriend's vagina. Did you say trick? Are you talking about grinder? So in terms of noticing, like, yeah, I mean, but I also, as an average sized male, sure. anywhere from like five to six inches, depending, like, measured it. Depending Ooh, on the night. Hi, Calvin. Yeah. Um, but it's like... I don't know, like I've always noticed because for me in terms of like the confidence and the stimulation and the fascination with oral is like for me, it became more of this thing of like exploring my sexuality of like how I enjoy it. Like I, as I've grown older, learned to like explore like, well, how does my partner feel? Because at the end of the day, in terms of going back to the masturbation conversation, it's like I can have a sandwich and enjoy myself. Um, but at the same time, is my partner going to be enjoying themselves? Otherwise, what what the hell's the point of this? So, um, so it's it's more That's amazing. Like, Round of applause. Give it up. Give it up. Can we uh, just touch on real quick? Because I know you guys are talking about vaginas. Um, but for real quick, on my perspective of size matters, it does because I have a big ass already. <laughs> So two two inches are already coming off of the dick at that point, okay? <laughs> and riding it is not always the best if it keeps falling out. So, and then plus with my neuropathy, like before, like 
before my surgery, like, yeah, I still like big dicks or whatever. But now it's like, it has to be big or else I'm You don't just, feel anything. I'm not going to feel much of it. And I just need you to torture it. Like, give it to me. <laughs> so you got to know your customer. You got to know, you know your customer. That's fantastic. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Questions. Yes. Raina. Speak louder. If a woman has a baby, so you're saying, how do you know the difference between a, a loose and a tight vagina? Because um, obviously, babies, uh, women have babies. Drea wants so, okay, Calvin, what do you got? So, in terms of, at least in my experience of that, like it does heal, and it's also something that is different um but also at the same time as a straight guy it, it's like if you have a different shade of nail polish in my case i guess it's like well if i like you and like this is going to be something that we're going to be doing together then this is something that we're going to be doing together it's not going to be like uh it's this guy a centimeter he is loose, available ladies and so gentlemen okay yeah, he is single sorry andrea yes the pass yes go Yep. So is the anus. So if you're turned on, also it's going to open up. Oh. So I, if a guy goes oh, down oh. on you, it's going to open up and accept the penis as opposed to shoving it in there. Yes, that's true. That's true. But, but let's get get down to like real brass tacks, okay? Yes, you can squeeze a watermelon out of your vagina. Yes, but mostly it's going to go back to just about where it was before. Physically, there are some things, there are some changes. Yes, there will be some looseness from where it was before. And women can have things like prolapse after... Uh, a vaginal birth which is you know <laughs> look it up and and it's not fun you know so a lot of women they go through a lot of sacrifices when they have birth so you better you know hug and kiss your mama um but but the thing is is yes there there is some loss of that and so some vaginas can be like a little bit smaller a little bit, little bit bigger i think it's different with women with the whole size thing though i think the biggest stigma is not the size of the vagina it's what the vagina looks like or i should be very very particular about that it's what do the labia look like that's the biggest stigma and that actually i don't know if any of the women here have seen the vagina monologues before that is a really eye-opening experience to go and see that because they talk a lot about the stigma that women have based on what they look like. And, Girl, and I they produced don't... or directed the vagina. Oh, you did. So yes, thank you. Yeah. So a lot of people have a lot of bullshit fucking stereotypes about women, and we've all heard it. Fucking roast beef. You know what I'm saying? And you know, you know all the things that they like to say about what vagina vaginas are supposed to look like because they watch so much porn. And porn, women literally, literally cut off their fucking lips, okay? Because they think that women are supposed to look like a ten year old little girl without any lips on them and that is not what women look like vaginas have so many different variances the women's women's anatomy is so beautiful but so many women have so many hang-ups about it because they think that guys are going to judge them because they don't have this perfect pink 10 year old pussy so guys got to get over it give it up for andrea ladies and gentlemen she'll be directing the monologue the vagina monologues here Next yes. time, next week, I yes. What's your name? For five years. Hi, I'm Sammy. I used to run a huge network of paid porn sites, um, ATK, Amateur Take, King, Teen Kingdom, AMK, ATK Girlfriends, POV, etc. 
girls with large labias got the highest yes. ratings. Girls with but we ran the highest site for bushes. Wow. It's like I work a- with sex workers all the time, and majority of sex workers that I continually work with have large labias, love their labias, love their bushes, and their paying customers are not looking for the sort of porn star pussy anymore. They're looking for a natural woman. Vagina is so, so complicated. Hundred over a hundred thousand dollars a month says they so. Are. Yeah, it's like the niche What's your market. Name, the niche market is give it up for really Sammy, selling. ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for Sammy. The men want the natural pussy, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. The natural pussy. I think that's weird the, for me to even say pussy. The the niche market sells I don't a say lot pussy. now. So, like the niche market sells a lot now. So like the average porn is pretty much boring. So I see porn as crazy, like. What the niche is like the different categories, and I think that's what is really making these porn sites money now because you can find porn anywhere for free, but the niche is what's really selling right now. It can be any kind of niche. Well, let's talk about it. let's let's go. That's actually on our list. That's actually on our list. So we'll go ahead and jump right into that because that seems to be a hot topic right now. Let's talk about porn, ladies and gentlemen. So you mentioned paying for your porn. Why pay for your porn? What if it's gay porn? Is that right? Exactly. So, so you talk about feminist porn. Right. Right. Gotcha. Pay for your services is what you're saying. I love it. Just pay for it. I love it. So. Well, that's a great question. That's a great question. That's not a bad question. I think what she's saying is, is that um, the the models, when, when the models are, when the models, when you're paying for your porn, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you're paying for your porn, the models get a percentage of that, and they are they are doing, they're getting paid for for a service. When you're getting it for free, these people are not getting paid for it, and they're being used. Is, is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Look at that. There it is. There it is. Promotion. Yeah. <laughs> That's the niche market part. Okay. I-
How much can I get paid? Hello. If, you know, it, you know, be great is if you could post some. If you could, if you could post some information on the event page, that'd be fantastic, so that we could look that up. So. Well, I know him, and he's just gonna watch free porn. You're not gonna convince him not to. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that right now. I can. So that's why you have fans only now, right? Exactly. I feel like there's a there's yeah, it's cam work now, like yeah. for models. If if you do porn though, if you do a scene for a company, ladies, and we're gonna we're gonna let's let's uh, let's let's kind of bring it back together. Go ahead. If if you do a, a a scene for, I think what you're speaking more on is amateur porn. If you are working for an actual company, you get paid for the work that you did. Um, I'm not gonna. I have some experience, but anyways, uh, you get paid for the work that you do, and then whatever happens to it after that really doesn't matter. You already got your money. Now, uh, there is a lot of uh, illegal porn that people watch, where if you go to those janky sites where you get all the pop-ups and then you get a virus on your computer, all that stuff is illegal, um, and that's a separate issue. That's just like downloading music illegally, but uh, the amateur thing, that's a whole nother... That's a whole nother ball game. Um, and when it comes to paying for that, uh, I mean, yeah, you shouldn't, people are, are working. It's their job. You, I mean, it's just like going to the, the mall and paying for your shirt. But um, so to the, speak on that, exactly. And this is literally a quick bit. I think on this, I think a very mindful takeaway would be like most things, whether you're like vegetarian or whether you're like in porn or whether you're like buying shirts. It's it pays to be mindful to what you are both clicking on, spending your time on, be conscious, right? And being yeah. conscious of because like if you're not being conscious of what you are indulging in, consuming, somebody right. on right. the other end is probably paying like a steep price for your pleasure. Let's give a round of applause for that. That's well said. Well said. And that brings us to pegging, ladies and gentlemen. That brings us right to pegging. Okay. <laughs> Can All right. I explain that definition. What is pegging? Let's get right into pegging. Who? So Divine wants to know what pegging is. Who can explain what pegging is? Would you like to stare at me more? Sure, I would love to stare at you. Okay. Um, so pegging is when Pegasus. Um, good reference. Hashtag Braga City. Um. So pegging is when a female puts a strap on on and proceeds to have anal or heterosex. Usually the, pe the, the term is having se anal sex with a gay man, uh, but the, the plethora is out there. Hashtag I'm still on Grindr. Uh, I if there was an awards for it, I've no I've been known for the number one pegger in town on Grinder. So. Well, so let me ask you, um, Tuesday. So when you say that, does that mean, you're on Grinder? Because I heard you backstage too saying you're on Grinder. So I was kind of like, what? Same. <laughs> but like when you say you're on Grinder, what are you looking for? Because it's majority guys. So it says. Um, I am a very good pegger. FYI, I really am a chick. And, you, and it's and got you a are picture pretty, of my mug on it. And you're pretty popular though, right? Like you get... I'm kind of a big deal. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
Um, I have I have regular fans. Yes. Have you pegged anyone in this audience? No, I'm kidding. Um, so, so can I ask you? Um, are you? It's it's a your... very interesting mix because it's gay men who never want me to tell anyone that I've pegged them. It's also a lot of bisexual men who are either like, so I'm just out of this 10-year relationship with my girlfriend, and she would never do ass play with me, and I'm like really all about it. Um, and they tend to be more like the, I'm totally straight, but. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of bi, bi-curious <coughs> men. Well, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's 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 kind of we're, we're gonna kind of keep it up here. We'll go ahead and finish what you finish your thought. So that's pegging. <laughs> okay, so, so my question um, was like, do yeah. you get a lot of like discreet discreet men like that are down low? Because that's what I get all the time. Uh, or is your preference more again, of a gay really man a that's mix. out? Um, men who very much identify as gay men and like. I'll lay in bed with them, and they're like, "This doesn't make me like less gay, right?" Like, <laughs> dude, so that's what you have to go that. to sleep. Do you let's reach out to that. them, or do they Fucking always reach no. out to you? What do you you ever reach out to them, or do they always reach out to you? I never reach out to people. So, so what pleasure do you Same. get out of it, if you don't mind me asking? Well, I have so I have this really awesome strap on. It's uh, purple. My favorite it's, color. Uh, it vibrates. It spins. It's got it's like Bluetooth compatible, so it's like surround sound. So Mine we can play whatever that. jam you want, <laughs> but it also goes into me. So it plays music? Yeah. Oh, but, so it goes into you but while you're... it also you're... goes into me, so I very much get off Do you have getting a someone account? else off. <laughs> is, it, is it a lot of like... Unfortunately, I have a very prominent father uh, who's an attorney in town, so I do not. Is it okay. a physical pleasure for you, or is it more of a... Psych, well, what she like, said was that it goes into well, her like, as get well. That, well do you get a lot of like mental pleasure well, out of it? Okay. Yeah. So, so on the we're not going to talk about the law firm. So on the topic of pegging, does it um, is pegging does pegging make a straight man gay? No, that's why I wanted to interrupt. Okay, th- thank you. Yeah, I appreciate no. that. Appreciate that. Again, I am. And you were certainly interrupted. So again, thank you so much. I am a great person. So like I. So I'm Calvin, like it's it's code babe, but you can text me again. But like I get it, like Calvin. So this is I had a question. I've been asking yes. a lot of my straight family and friends or whatever, because um, how you said um, does Peggy make a straight man gay? So I used to ask this question. I was like, okay, if a straight man and a straight woman are together having intercourse, and she's doing stimulating his anus, whether it's penetration or just going down on him, does that make him gay? Straight men say yes because it's like a tendency to be gay. I'm like, but why so if he's with his woman or a woman, if he you can't help what your body is stimulated by. No. So I would follow it up There's with... nerves there. Right. Yeah. So I would follow it up with, okay, well, what if he's tied up and like a man like started going down on him like just giving him oral pleasure to his penis like he's gonna get stimulated his dick's gonna get hard so does that still make him gay it's not his fault that his body's reacting to that stimulation so that's no. why he's always that so when she's saying does this does that make a straight man gay i don't think it does but you know i think 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. the biggest point. It doesn't matter. Right. That's it doesn't matter. at all. It doesn't matter. You just yeah. have to like your body just enjoys yeah. the way it likes. So if it's yeah. being stimulated, then that's what it is. It just likes it. So it doesn't so make like you gay, straight, bi, whatever. So I feel like this goes back to even like the first question asked of like where do you align sexually and also with your gender is this is in that cultural like tic-tac-toe of like well i mean i like this but i don't like this but maybe i eh." but like it's trying to put in an objectification or a definition on something that i think for majority of us we find as something that is fluid within ourselves both with age and time and experiences and exposure changes because what 13 year old calvin liked is not necessarily what 31 year old Calvin yeah, likes. Yeah. Right. And right. so right. 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 also like with different partners I've had have exposed me to different, like, uh, well, I guess carnal appetites of like, well, I don't know. I like that. Buffet. Uh, but it's also, you, you don't know until you have either tried, explored or given it a chance to either form within yourself or form with somebody else. Yeah. So, like, also known as trisexual, you'll try anything. Once. Hello, hello. And I like to push the limits when I'm with a straight man, especially because they always use me because they want to do the little fancy thing, and I'm like, yeah. well, we're gonna try certain things, and if you want to experiment, I'm experiment. So I try to push it as far as I can, <laughs> and then they start liking it. So I'm like, see, I told you. <laughs> All right, guys. Take All right, guys. Cookies. How are we doing out there, guys? How's everybody feeling? Feeling good? I think we're just going to keep plowing through. We got two more uh, like hot topics to kind of get through that have a bunch of stuff to talk about within them. So we're just going to plow through. If you got to use the bathroom, please get up and do so. Um, how are you guys doing? Good? Good? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. I don't have to pee. So we're going to jump right into relationships, guys. Let's talk about some relationships, all right? Um, let's talk about being polyamorous. It's kind of like the new hot trend, if you will. Um, what does it mean to be polyamorous? Before uh, I before you answer that, who here in the audience is polyamorous? Raise your hand if you're polyamorous. Two in the back. Okay, very good. What does it mean to be polyamorous? Let's talk about it. Polyamory, as I understand it, as someone who hasn't practiced it, so just giving you layman's from my perspective. Someone who has multiple partners, but more than just having multiple partners, but someone who participates with other people who have the emotional intelligence to be able to communicate one, their needs, but then two, their boundaries. Um, polyamory is having safe, responsible sexual interactions with people without expecting, I, I guess the word I would use is sort of like a possessive perspective of love, where you are my only person, and that would be monogamy, you are the person who satisfies my needs, and I don't find that from anyone else, whereas polyamory is admitting that this one person Brandy, Brandy, you can't satisfy all my needs, and I don't, I, I don't expect I never you will. to. So, you know, I really appreciate how we can hang out and spend time together. But I'm also gonna go see my 10-inch boyfriend. Hello, girls in the back. I think I was just in one of those relationships and not even know it. Really? Did you know what polyamory oh. was before you? Got no, it? I didn't. Really? So this guy that I used to hook up with regularly, all the time, and then he started to like, well, we should be more like exclusive but he, what he wanted was to still have the opportunity to be with a girl so he wanted to be together like we're 
boyfriend and boyfriend, but he still wanted to have a girlfriend too. And then maybe lead to like a threesome if I wanted to. But he was like, I just want you to understand that I want you to just be mine, but not like do anybody else. That's not Polly. That's just cheating. No. Well, what he was telling me though, he was like, look, I want you to be mine. I don't want you to be with nobody else, but I also want to have the option to be with somebody, but I just don't want you to have sex with nobody else. So I tried it for a little bit, but, but it the, might not. That doesn't sound like polyamorous. Because polyamorous is it was a relationship of all the people. Yeah, we're all like parties. All, you're all, all no, not necessarily. So polyamory, you're ha- you can have separate relationships. So like you have your most people have like a dominant partner. Sure. Um, primary partner, yeah, not a dominant primary partner, and then they have like a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Okay. They're not going to share that person with the other person. Right. That person can have their own boyfriend or girlfriend. So it's, it, but it just depends. I'll, every every relationship is different. So so real quick, not to inter- yeah, exactly. like to cut off, but like yeah, like triads I, or like as somebody fours. who's curious to know, like somebody who experiences this, I'm just gonna pass my mic time to somebody who actually is to get yes, their please. definition. You're polyamorous. Let's yeah. let's hear bring from it you. to us. No. Yes. So polyamory um, or polyam, we are actually as polyamorous people, a group. Um, a collective in many discussions on Facebook. You can find them, you can search them and use the words and stuff that, that find out all the information they have. Uh, you know, like on Facebook when you're in a group, you have like options to go to the files and pretty recent frequent questions and things like that are on there. Um, one of the things that we're trying to do is call it polyam and not poly because of the fact that um, poly is actually in reference to another race. So that is just to be on that subject, um, polyam, and polyamorous has many different dynamics. So there can be three, there can be four, there can be all involved together, or you can have um, uh, what, what is considered a meta partner, so the partner in which, so let's say I am dating you, um, but you are dating them, but I am not dating them. So there's that's the type of relationship dynamic that I am in currently. But I have also had times where within that relationship dynamic um, that one of the partners has explored elsewhere and it wasn't attached to the other people involved. Um, There's terminologies like kitchen table poly, where, for example, in my particular relationship dynamic, um, my two partners do not sexually interact. And um, someone said sexually earlier about polyamorous, but it's actually about relationships. It's a commitment to more than one partner you know? And so like kitchen table poly is like them being able to hang out, them being able to like, when one comes to visit, one is a long distance partner for me. When one comes to visit, he stays in my home where my other partner and myself reside. And we go out, we drink, we eat, we hang out. And it's actually like, can be very fluid as well in different dynamics. Once again, give it up. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, One question. Does that follow... Like the the ethical slut dynamics, or is that is there a newer, uh, like? It, Did you say yeah. ethical slut? Yeah, it's a public. It's a yeah, it's a book. Um, I didn't know if there was a newer publication that was more relevant, or if that's completely different than what you're talking about. So I'm not really up to to what's ethical slut. At least I'd give me some kind of idea. Yeah. Okay. So okay. not, I have not read that book. Well, thank you reading. so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. That's awesome. Man. I feel like we're combining, though, open relationship with That's being 
poly. Yeah, and, right. And I mean, I've always understood when you're poly, I'm not going to try to mess the word up, but it's usually you're all usually three or more. You're all in agreement and you're all basically dating each other. I think it can be emotional or it can be sexual. I don't know if that's necessarily specified, but I thought that if I'm dating you and we're going to town, but then I'm going to town with him, but you're not going to town. That's an open relationship. If it's polyamorous, then we're all three. No, you're misinterpreting that. An open relationship would just be like, you're, you're my boyfriend, you're my girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever. Um, but I'm also allowed to, do, do whatever your, I want. Do other stuff, right? But isn't that what they're right. saying? Which is why emotional, yeah. emotional and physical. Because the guy yeah. that I was with, he specifically said, "I want you to be mine," because he knew we were just hooking up all the time. So he just wanted me to be his, but he still wanted to have the opening to have not sleep around either, but have like another girl. But if you're not able to do anything, is that polyamorous? Because I thought no, it was what's the like, definition of poly? I don't think it, it was, she but just, I just she got just defined I mean she she defined it very well. It's different for everyone, but I it's more relationship. Him, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> that sounds more like an to me and I'm not sounds like I don't having know open facts, communication. I guess to me that sounds more like an open relationship. I've always But it's not it's, it's a different but I think that that's dynamic. also it's, through the lens of like being a homosexual. Because like for me true, the idea of polyamory sounds nice in the way that like I don't know William to sort of touch on what you were talking about earlier with masturbation like for me I like to get off by myself and I don't necessarily have like relationships where I have sex with people but I do interact with people in a non-sexually intimate way but I try to communicate like I like the idea of polyamory and that I'm telling people from the get-go that like all right here's my boundary and these are the places that I go outside of that. But together here with you, I want to experience this. But I also want you to be aware of the fact that perhaps here and there, you know, I have my partner, my the one who goes inside me. Question in the yes, front row. question. Communication. Communication. Yeah. Which is our next topic. Yeah. Which is our next topic. The what defines was, cheating between an open relationship and yeah. a polyamorous relationship and just being yeah, in a relationship? It's all about communication and what, you, what you've discussed with your partner prior to... From the onset. Yeah. Not, ooh, by the exactly. way. Yeah. What in yeah. polyamorous... I feel like that that is relationship, which to me, I feel like that would mean that there's feelings involved. There well, are, poly- yeah, exactly. Polyamory is a kind of relationship. Just, but feelings aren't mutual. Person, like, that's an open relationship. I mean, basically, I mean, could be, but... If there's no feelings involved, then it's not a polyamorous relationship means feelings. Relationship isn't just well, sleeping. If, relationship if could be a sexual relationship. But I, I think you're, I think you're, I think you're, pl- you're, I think you're placing a label on polyamorous or well, it is a, a label. relationship. Well, it is, it is, it is. And, and you're there's a lot wrong. of forms. And, and, you're, and, yeah. and, and hold on, right. you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But there are different kinds of relationships, right? Yeah. And so, but a relationship is a relationship nonetheless. But if you're just sleeping with each other, that's not a relationship. No, 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 no. no. It, it's how you view the relationship. It's, it's the same thing about I your have, sexual identity. I it's, have it's how you identify yourself. Who are in a relationship. And they, not to use a political term, but have an open relationship that's very don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. Okay. And then polyamorous relationships are very much I open communication. Yeah. Open communication, like, right. I want you to know I'm going out with Jennifer tonight. There's a chance I won't be coming home. Okay. Like, Whereas an open relationship is like, I'm going to go out tonight. Yeah. You need to do your thing. 
It's it's a completely different. It's a different kind of communication. I guess it's all what you discuss in your own relationship yeah. and yeah. what boundaries. It, it's it's what you guys agree upon. So let's get there. Let's get. Talking about sex, We're talking about sex. It's a vulnerable time, and there's no wrong answers. There's no right answers. This is all about discussion, and the and the role and the goal of this is for us to all leave with a broader idea of what sexuality is. So thank you all for ha- being a part of it. Well, hello. <laughs> and making love to I yourself. I hope you're very happy together. All right. So moving right along, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about, let's talk about insecurities. And so we talked about communication and different types of relationships. What is the risk of being insecure in your relationship? Insecurities. <laughs> what happens? Go ahead. There's parts about myself that are managed, that I manage and that I take care of, but yet uh, are something that is stigmatized and has the potential to affect other people's lives. But because of the fact that it's managed, um, doesn't. But um, I'll just take it out and put it on the table. Let's do it. Um, I am living with HIV. And I've been living with HIV since 2015. Thriving, thriving with HIV. Thriving. And so for me, like it's it's not necessarily something that hinders me, but it is absolutely something that uh, with each person that I find interest in, I have to disclose that. I choose to disclose that. There are yes, people who yeah. don't. But it is absolutely something that I am insecure about because some people, shockingly as gay men, um, aren't familiar with things like PrEP or uh, pre-exposure prophylaxis, which is something that is also uh, an HIV med, but you can take it as an HIV negative person to prevent with high statistical margins um, your ability to uh, be infected. And I can speak on that. Well, take it away. <laughs> no, I wasn't trying to take it from you, but uh, well, I would say if, somebody doesn't want to be with you because of your diagnosis and they're not the right person for you. Well, and I agree with that too, but it is, it is a vulnerable moment where I, I I myself am feeling interested or uh, a desire to deepen a connection with someone. And I put that on the table and through their own ignorance, through their own absorption of said stigma, I am eliminated. So for me, it is literally every time I feel, and it's not even always sexual that I'm leading from. It's not always a sexual place, but it is something that, you know, if I'm going to deepen my relationship with someone, I need them to know about this part of myself that I have to wake up every day and open a bottle of pills and say, this is what prevents me from one, dying, and two, giving Passing it to it other on. people. Because, like, according to the government, I am a public health risk. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk well, about that. So, when do you disclose it, though? Like, how early on? Before Sooner we have sex, later? that's for sure. Like after, well, I guess, so I, I'm, there's probably, uh, I would imagine, two different scenarios. One, where you're meeting them just because you want to fuck. And then two, when possibly you want to date them. I'm, I'm guessing, for me, those are usually separate. Yeah, and, and I see there in the separate, like, I have dating profiles, and they're not even dating profiles for us as gay men. It's literally pictures, and this is what I want. But... um I try not to meet too many people from there. Yes, I have needs and I will fulfill them. And on those profiles, I have my status listed. It's in the profile text too. It's not but, just like, ooh, here's that little that little criterion. But if I'm meeting someone at the bar, 
for me or like even a naturally unfolding organic encounter. Yeah. I'm going to wait maybe a couple times. I'm not just going to be like, here's all my vulnerabilities and you are going to take them all or nothing. So you go on a couple dates and then you let them know. Yeah. So you don't have sex like right off the bat. No. Okay. So what happens when that just, when that does happen? Because there are, there are people out there that are, that have, and we'll just jump right into STDs or STIs, if you will, uh, right off the bat. I mean, Sexually transmitted infections are or nor, are very normal. Very normal. I mean, I don't I don't know anybody in my life that has not had one. I too am HIV positive, and you know, it's when do you disclose this stuff, and do you have to disclose this stuff? And this is this is a real very real question. Do you have to? Oh, in the Maricopa County postcard. Yeah, no, God, that card. But do you have to? Do you have so to disclose? I've been, I've been disclosed too. Um, I've been fortunate not to have any type of STD or anything like that. I don't know how none of that feels. But well, just I wait. No, <laughs> I'm oh. I'm scared. So like I try to be as protective as I can. But um, I've been disclosed too. So I where they don't even have it on their profile or something, and they'll say. I'm what is I forgot the what is it non detectable right? undetectable right yeah so I don't know if it's because of my lack of education where it's, I've heard people that I know in like the community that I'm mutual or kind of have some kind of knowing of I've heard that like oh they had intercourse with somebody that was undetected and that's how they got it and I'm like what but that's not true yeah so I don't know but I, then I had a guy tell me oh I have I'm undetected. Are you okay with that? And we're going to hook up. And I'm like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> it was, But I was being polite. True, I didn't want to yeah, be true. mean. And be like, hell no. Like, no, it wasn't like, I didn't come from that perspective. I was just like, oh, no, thank you. Um, good luck. Uh, I'm going to pass. And so you bring it. up a very good point. You bring yeah. up a very good point is that, is that sometimes when people disclose that, hey, I'm HIV positive, right? But I'm undetectable. I'm taking care of myself. People will still say, no, I'm good. I'm not gonna have. I'm not gonna have sex with you, even with a condom, right? Can I speak on but here's that? hold on one second. Yeah, absolutely. What also happens though is that people who say no, I'm negative, and they're lying to you're you. You're only gonna get infected. And you would hook up with that person, person, right? So the risk is, and, and the problem out there is that people will say that I'm negative, and you'll hook up with those people. But when someone's being honest with you and says, I am HIV positive, but I detect while I'm taking my medication, but those people you say no. But, that's and what, so, but the thing is, I'm not trying to be mean to them. When I say no, I politely decline. And it's not about that. It's not about that. Because I don't want to feel like, oh, right. like, you know, I'm going to block you now. Sure. And, you it's, know, and it's, it's not about that. that. It's actually it's actually more on a you thing where it's like, would you, would you have said yes if he said I'm negative? Because he could be lying. Go ahead. What do you mean? What's the danger in that, though? What's Stop the danger in people. that? Do not trust people. It is your responsibility to take control of your stuff. Uh, she just, uh, you're saying it's a mental thing of like trusting people who say that they are negative, right? The risk of that is that people can lie to you. They can absolutely, they lie to you all I the time. I was lied to. They, they, I was lied to. I was lied to, and they lie to you all the time. When someone tells you that they are HIV positive and they're undetectable, I guarantee you they are telling you the truth. They are telling you the truth, but nowadays they might be switching, you know. So it, it's very interesting in how we have sex with people who say that we're that they're negative. We'll swear up and down that they're negative, but we'll tell somebody who's HIV positive and undetectable, no, 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 I don't want, I don't want to have sex with you. Right. We are putting ourselves at risk 
when we do that because the person who's saying they're negative probably doesn't know that they're positive, knows that they're positive and is lying to you to get what they want and is, is completely deceiving you. So it's, it's a, it's a, I'm so thankful that you're vulnerable in saying what you just said because you are the, you are the normal. That's what's happening out here. Calvin. What? I guess my question would be, and this is just more of a curiosity to the group and also the crowd, is for me, STDs was always a secondary being the third oldest of 12 kids. Babies. Babies. Like, babies was like, like, dude, dad, what the fuck is in your dick? Like, why do you have so many kids? Um, But, like, my brother has, like, a kid, like, my younger siblings like first times they had sex it was like oh like got the girlfriend pregnant and so my f- scare as i like built my own life outside of like the life that i came from was not necessarily because i've had girlfriends who've had like chlamydia and herpes and were actually very open about it and they're like hey like i don't know if you're gonna like me anymore because i have this and i actually like them for who they were was yeah. willing to take that yeah. risk because for me it's like it didn't seem like a risk it's like oh this seems something that like as long as we're open and if we're going to be in a relationship this only becomes a risk if this does not last which obviously is something that like you get regularly tested you go and get checked and you're like am i infected or or not right but i i guess it's just weird to me because like i have this mentality when it comes to like women i have sex with of like hey i like you but I don't know if I'm ready to like start a family with you. Right. That's huge. And, like, that's huge. And I, that's huge. Like, huge. I would love to have sex with you. But if we get pregnant, like I'm very pro-choice. So it's like you get to do ultimately what is best for you in that situation. Right. And I will hopefully man up and be the one <laughs> But does it rhyme with shmishmortion? <laughs> well, no. So, yeah. But it's also like one of those things of like it. You you can't with an infection like obviously like you're like so this is so this is a topic that that this is the topic that actually I wanted to talk about and like I wanted to take the lead on and I wanted to really ask the audience I want you guys to be vulnerable and really kind of just really uh, be honest Um, how many of you guys that are single or or whatever have unprotected sex like how often is that happening are you having unprotected sex or using condoms raise your hand if you use condoms every single time thank you for your thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. That's huge. That's huge, okay? And what I will tell you is that not a lot of people use condoms every single time. We don't. We do what is called bareback sex. I know for me, I hate condoms. I haven't used a condom in my life since I was zero. I don't think I've ever... Well, no, well, I I, should have. I should have. You know, I probably should have, but I don't... Exactly, that's how I got HIV, right? But the thing about this is that people don't... The point, though, is that people don't use condoms. They don't use condoms. And in a world where we don't use condoms, we are putting all of our trust in people who say that they are negative. And that is huge. That is huge. So the point, then, is is whose responsibility is it to make sure that we are okay? Can I speak on this? It is yourself. It is yourself. And there are things out there. I'm sorry. This is my one my, my one platform I must be Take on. it. There, Take are it. Thi- there are things out there that you can do that everyone can do to protect themselves. Women can protect themselves. Men can protect themselves. Gay men can protect, protect themselves. Heterosexual people can protect themselves. And and it's and it's and the reality is is that like I don't know. HIV is it's an interesting thing, man. I, I was diagnosed HIV positive when I was 22. I'm 37 years old now in New York. So it was a much different ball game than when it, when you were diagnosed. Much different, and it was a much different ball game when the other people 
were diagnosed before me. Because you know they died. I mean? Because they died. And no one knew why. They died. And then I come here and people were on prep. Right? And they're like, and the gays are just having sex like it's like it's no tomorrow. Like it's the seventies. Like it's the fucking seventies. <laughs> okay. And that's some real shit. That's some real shit. So I just my my one message, my one platform I'm gonna take this one is is do not Trust anyone that says that they are negative. Don't trust anyone that says that they are positive and undetectable. Don't trust anybody. Trust yourself and what you are doing to take care of yourself. Or, or on birth control, the same thing. The same thing. Get receipts for yourself, honey, for yourself. You show your own self the receipts because you can protect yourself. That's that's my platform. Go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, you said a lot. I feel like uh, HIV is getting a lot of... Um, HIV definitely has a platform right now, which I think is amazing. I think that's obviously been a top. It's needed to be brought to the light for many years since the the AIDS crisis. People, even nowadays, people say like, "Oh, if you have HIV, you have AIDS," which is the most ignorant thing you can say. No one has AIDS, man. Um, nobody has AIDS. Nobody no gets no AIDS. AIDS. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of mostly straight women. I think think if you hear HIV, you hear AIDS. Um, I think in 2019, if somebody has HIV. It really is a non-issue. Um, I've, well, like you said, I'm on PrEP currently, um, but there's also PEP, which is for post-exposure. If you uh, feel feel or know that you have been exposed to HIV, you can actually take a medication afterwards. So if I have sex with somebody who has AIDS or has HIV, I can go on a medication and I will not get it. You can do that. Ladies, afterwards. it's like the morning. It's like plan B. It's like the morning but after. For a month. It's like the morning yeah. after, but it's for Huge. 28 days. You have to take two different pills. One is twice a day. One. And I've I've actually, um, proud to say I've done it twice. Uh, <laughs> I, I've done PEP twice. So uh, one time I knowingly had sex with someone who had HIV and I was super uneducated at the time um, and didn't necessarily know about undetectable and all that. So I went to the emergency room and um, I'm currently paying $5,000 for that. And I got on PEP. And then another time I just, they said they were clean, which like you said, everybody likes to say they are, which I hate well, the clean term clean. Clean is I an entirely different. Yeah, no, clean versus dirty. I clean, hate that's that terrible. Because that's terrible. what's ascribed Gross. to people who are living with no, HIV and, is that I dirty, hate that term undesirable. because it's like, it's like, are you dirty? Like, I don't think it I is. I shower. People, no, exactly. <laughs> I agree with that 100%. But uh, that's what they always like to say. And I I don't know. I just had a bad feeling about it. And so I went and, and got on pep then. Um, but there's so many other risks. Like, I feel like in 2019, HIV is such a non-issue there's so many well, others. It should You be. belong to a demographic that doesn't necessarily have the highest exposure rate. Well, Even though you are gay, there is still an epidemic happening in New York and in the South no, I mean, for like, people of you, color. Like having yeah. sex with somebody who has it or being in a relationship with someone who has it, yeah. it should be a non-issue. There's, there's medication, the you could take to keep you undetectable and there's medication I could take to keep me from getting it. We would never ever get it or I would never get it if I was in a relationship. But there's other STDs that are just as dangerous or more dangerous that people don't focus on. People talk about using uh, condoms, which is uh, great. But uh, even when it comes to, like for me personally, I, uh, I'm 
perfectly fine with condoms. I also uh, avoid, if I'm not really into you or don't think it's like a long-term thing, I'll stick with oral. But um, as I found out recently, <laughs> there's other STDs that come with just doing oral. All so, right. Very good. Uh, there, there's a, I mean, I don't know. Should versus. We got a question in the audience. And actually what we're, what we're going to do guys, it's about, it's about 10 o'clock. We, we have covered yeah, a lot right. of stuff. It's 10. It's yeah. 10. So what we're going to do is we're going to take some time to ask some questions for the audience. And, uh, and, uh, Oh, uh, thank you, thank you so much, baby. I love you. Um, give it up for my husband right here who's recording everything. This is TOS. I love him. So right now, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take some questions from the audience. It's a Q and A. You guys can ask anyone specifically or just ask a question. We're gonna take about fifteen minutes to do this, and we're gonna call it a wrap, guys. It's been a wonderful night. Go ahead. I didn't have a question per se, but I just wanted to touch on that really quick. And it's not just about HIV, but all of the other potential risks as well, too. We actually have a really good friend of ours who who died several years ago. And he was, you know, but uh, but he also had several other things, too, which contributed to that as well. Even um, somebody getting chlamydia and not taking care of it, that can cause death, you know, or syphilis or, you know, yeah, syphilis is what I'm saying. Hep C is a big you know? one. Yeah, hep C. There's so many other things, too. So, like you were saying, it's not just about one thing HIV although nobody wants to contract anything and, and it is definitely you know a life-changing disease but it's it's livable right all of these things you just have to protect yourself exactly you know at the end of the day don't trust people just protect yourself and yeah exactly do something about it thank you Drea any more questions questions for the panel yes hi what's your name I'm Shanir <coughs> and I have a question for mr. in the hat what's your name again Calvin. Calvin, Calvin, um, you talk uh, talked a lot about like your upbringing and how it just wasn't conducive with like everything that's happening in this room right now. Like, what set you apart, or what, like, how did you become different, or like what, like what was your path to like? What was the catalyst, or like exactly, what was like the exactly like how are you able to be up here and like? form your own ideas because like it seems like you were in a place where that really wasn't so a place where you can grow <laughs> and i hear what you're saying like i guess first off i want to say is that like my parents were never the like conservative like westboro baptist type of like hateful type of people so i had that kind of going for me Sorry, I choked on my drink earlier, and I've been trying to. It's okay. You can cry. It's okay. You can cry. <laughs> actually, I love <laughs> you. Um, like, I, well, actually, I don't know if Calvin Taylor actually met my parents before. Maybe not. No. Um, but they were not hateful people, and so that I would say is something that was already in my corner. But if, if you ask for the catalyst, the catalyst was my friend, still to this day, Jared Holmes is his name. Uh, he is the 13th Vance, as we call him. Uh, he was just a wonderful, amazing human being. And for me and my older brother, who are very close, became <coughs> excuse me, great friends with this individual who, when you were raised in the church and were told these things of like, if you are gay, if you are this, if you are this subtype of human, then you are less. And for us, we could not see in Jared anything less, if not more, than a better version of what it means to be a person. And so for me, that was the catalyst of like, if this, my friend, is 
this, then something is wrong in my thinking or something is wrong in what I was taught and kind of set me on a path of asking questions, exploring, and then continually then throughout the rest of my life, asking those same questions and looking for people that are either in the corner or also in an area that are less than. Because like nerds feel it or people that are like grow later in life, me, um, like feel that pressure of being the outcast. And it's something that we all can grow together when we also have gone through suffering. And so, but if, to, I guess just to answer your question, it, it was one of my dearest friends who kind of opened my eyes that like, you can be a phenomenal human being and you can also change what it was that you were brought up in. And just to say, it's like, well, that's how I was raised is a bad excuse to not re-examine how you think. Yeah. Give it up. Take two more questions. Two more questions. Two more. Any other questions? Two more. We got a question back here. Go ahead and say your name. Hi, I'm Danny. Um, so I don't know at this point what I identify as between um, specifically bisexual or pansexual. Um, specifically because I don't know how to differentiate between the two in that I've seen like um, what you guys are talking about about how what makes a straight man gay so if someone is bisexual would it be um derogatory i guess for someone who says i only like men i like women to say you're a trans woman i don't like you how would you differentiate between the two and would bisexual just technically be pansexual yeah well bisexual just um insinuates that there's two genders, male and female, and that you're attracted to either of those. So pansexual means you can be tra tra uh, attracted, I forgot how to talk, uh, attracted to um, any way someone defines their gender. So yeah, transgender, agender, um, gender fluid, whatever anyone wants to call themselves, you're open to attraction to all those. That doesn't mean you're like, I'm not necessarily attracted to trans women, but I'm attracted to trans men, but I'm attracted to um, cis women um, and cis men. So it's just, it's a spectrum all of, of the genders that you can be attracted to. Wonderful, thank you so much. And our final question, go ahead. What's your name? My name is Eva and I wanna revisit a question that I believe Calvin asked earlier, which is, what is kink? What is, ki what is kink? What is kink? Ooh. What is kink to wrap it up? <laughs> I want to take this one. Do it up. BDSNM? My interpretation, um, kink is, it could be sexual acts. There's definitely kink that exists that's, say, fisting or flogging, things that are like, gonna like give you sensations or like get you off but then there's other things that like in my particular uh proclivities the things that i like are being bound being restricted sort of giving up to someone else the power over my positioning or body state what have you and it's it's just anything other like we would use if if kink is one end of the spectrum then vanilla vanilla is the other vanilla is like intercourse, oral, penetration, like the stuff that you would see 
in a conventional porn or what we call sex. Yeah, like the stuff that either makes a baby or just gets you off. And then kink is going into a space that is sexual, yes, but definitely has keynotes of cerebral difference where you're you're either role playing you're going into subspace i like subspace um and it's it's just another flavor of the way that we can get together anything else the norm i think and it's all about the flavor ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen we did it we got there we talked about sex baby Hope you guys learned a lot. Uh, once again, my name is Special K. YBS Pros, look us up. We're doing six panels, uh, guys. We're doing six panels over the next six months. Each one of them is going to be touch- touching very uh, heavily stigmatized topics. This was all about sex. The next one's going to be called Gay Phoenix, No Blacks. It's going to be all about what it means to be black and gay in Phoenix. It's a really great discussion about um, about their experience. So I would love for you guys to join and just and be all a part of that. Thank you so much for your questions. Let's give it for our panel. We got Calvin. Calvin. We got William, Miss Divine, we got Devin, Randy, and Miss Tuesday. And once again, I am Special K. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Real Sex Phoenix was brought to you by the Projects Division of YBS Pros, recorded live at the Valley Bar in downtown Phoenix. For more information on this podcast, visit ybspros.com. Be sure to check out all we have to offer for your entertainment needs. And remember, YBS, go with the best. YBSPros.com.